Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America has been keeping its promises since 1896 by helping Americans achieve their retirement income and protection goals. As an industry leader in risk management, Allianz has committed dedicated resources and invested in helping independent advisors integrate risk management solutions, including annuities, as part of a comprehensive wealth management practice. For more information, visit www.allianzlife.com backslash RIA. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Advisor Innovations Podcast. I'm David Armstrong, the editor of WealthManagement.com. As you know, this is the podcast which gives me nothing but the excuse to talk to interesting people in the industry about moving their businesses forward and moving the business of wealth management forward. Today, I'm thrilled to be talking to Julie Littlechild, the founder of Absolute Engagement. Julie, thanks for taking the time. Oh, thrilled to be here. So Julie's one of the top experts in the field when it comes to studying, I think, with rigor, that sort of fuzzy intersection between the advisor and the client. I think what we more frequently refer to now is the client experience. Julie, you've been doing that for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. Prior to founding Absolute Engagement, you launched and ran one of the industry's leading research firms. You're the author of the book, The Pursuit of Absolute Engagement. And now, though you may chafe at this description, a technology entrepreneur. Uh, you recently launched uh, the Engagement Engine, which I think is a really exciting development, and we're going to talk a lot about it. But uh, thank you for joining us, Julie. Do you want to just sort of give us a brief uh, 101 on your background? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've been I've been in and around this space for 25 years, as you mentioned. I, I actually started researching top producing advisors to understand what they were doing differently and developing programs to help them grow. Um, went out and worked as a coach on my own at some point and discovered I was absolutely terrible at that. I should never have been allowed to do that. Um, however, what I did learn in that process is that as I was talking to advisors, there was this distinct lack of insight into what their clients actually needed. And that epiphany kind of launched the balance of my career. It became you know, entirely focused on understanding the voice of the client and building an experience around that. Yeah, you talk a lot about, you know, building the voice, putting the voice of the client into the advisor's practice, building the advisor's practice around the voice of the client. And we'll get into a little bit of that. But I want to know, I've never met an advisor that has not claimed to understand what their clients are looking for. So how, how, how do you, um, you know, it's, it's got to be a challenge to go in and talk to advisors and say, you know what, you don't really know what your clients are looking for. And here's how I know that. And here are some suggestions of ways that you should maybe change what you do. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting idea because, you know, at some level, they're right. They know their clients deeply at, at a, often at a very personal level. And I would never in a million years try to take that away from an advisor. I think that's their superpower to some extent. Having said that, we are all changing, we're all evolving, our needs, our feelings, our concerns and challenges are all very fluid. And so what we've always focused on doing is saying, look, we need a way to monitor all of that and we need to a, a way to make it easy for advisors to know not only how needs and expectations are changing, but how feelings are changing. I mean, take the last few years, you cannot deny that COVID changed the client experience. So the question coming out of that was how, like what now do clients expect? 
And as importantly, how are they feeling about their future and their lives? And we can't pretend to have all of that information at our fingertips and at the ready. So that's where we focused is just making sure we're unearthing that for advisors. Yeah. And you've done a lot of research in this field too. Yeah. I think surveying both advisors and clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you find this disconnect often in the in that research between sort of what an advisor thinks the client is looking for in the relationship and what the client is actually looking for in the relationship. Where does that often break down? Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of areas that we see. One is that it, there may be a breakdown on expectations. That's actually the easiest thing for us to, to deal with. So an advisor may, may believe that clients today want to come into the office, for example, and we're finding that an increasing number of them would actually prefer virtual. So there's definitely some disconnects on those overarching um, areas. But, but here's, you know, when we think about client experience, and in particular, client engagement in in the future. The reality is that it's becoming hyper-personalized, right? That this isn't just about understanding, on average, this is what my clients want, but this is what Mary or Bob wants, and, and how do I deliver on that experience? And that's a very different kind of challenge. We, so, yeah, we've, I mean, we've got to, I think, scratch a little below the surface, because when we do, the most interesting data that we see is around feelings and mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, clients are scared, clients with wealth are scared, or they're feeling uncertain, or what's important to them has changed, or, you know, all of these things influence the plan. And so yeah. that's the kind of data we're seeing a bit of a disconnect on, because if they're changing, then the experience has to change along with it. Yeah. And as you say, that's uh, not one size fits all. Every client's right. that way. But it's, it's interesting because I remember when I first started covering the space, maybe 10 years ago or so, mm-hmm. you know, the notion of sending out a questionnaire to all of your clients and getting their feedback was considered kind of a radical thing to do. Um, <laughs> Imagine and, and, asking them what they were thinking. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, I, you know, and I think advisors have come a long way since then. It seems to me what you're doing with this uh, engagement engine is going leaps and bounds beyond that. It's, it's, you're kind of dragging that. I I don't want to say primitive, but that's kind of what it was Mm -hmm. a primitive survey of, Mm -hmm. you know, getting client feedback, client feedback loops, you know, client council feedback loops, whatever it was kind of dragging that from sort of the primitive age into a real high tech Mm -hmm. portal, you know, and I've I've, I've glanced at it a little bit here and Mm -hmm. and I I hope to get a deeper dive at some point soon, Mm but uh, this is a different beast altogether than simply asking yeah. clients. It, it, is, it is. So if you think of those traditional surveys that uh, still not all advisors were doing, but many would do, and we still do to, to some extent where it's needed, a traditional survey, which I think of as a point-in-time survey on a one-to-many basis, right? Mm-hmm. We send out a survey, we get the input, we take action. And I think those are incredibly helpful for uh, strategic decision making, for example, or measuring how you're doing. Are clients satisfied? What's the net promoter score? Do they want to meet in person or virtually? All of those kinds of things. It works really well for that. However, if our goal is actually to drive deeper engagement, which is much more personal and much more connected, then really what we're saying is we've got to understand how clients are thinking, feeling in the moment and then be able to respond to that. So what we've tried to create is, is technology that makes that easy to do. 
uh, capturing smaller chunks, contextually relevant input, if you will, from both prospects and clients, and then being able to respond to it in real time. You know, in many respects, I think what we're doing is giving advisors a way to to truly co-create the client experience, which is has really not existed until this point. Yeah. I mean, it's been sort of a, a one-way client feedback, but then mm-hmm. advisor takes that and builds out whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that goes out to the, that goes back out to the client. Um, yeah. And this is much more a two-directional street. And could you just run us through maybe a little bit of an, an example of how it works? I mean, some of the things that I saw was really, really interesting. I mean, some of the questions that you were asking, mm-hmm. you know, or, the, or that the machine asks, I guess, machine I guess, engine <laughs> asks, and, and at what points it asks those questions. Just give us an example, if you could quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and if I could, I, I just want to pick up on something you just said about the, the evolution, um, because I do think there's been a significant evolution in how we deliver value, right? And I talk a lot about co-creation of value, but you know, years ago, it was very much firm driven. Here's what we do. Hope you like it. Mm-hmm. It then became more client centric, right? We might ask clients about their preferences and perhaps segment the offer. But a co-created value is very much a real time thing. You know, the input clients provide changes the experience. And that's what we're trying to do. So to what you just asked, an example. So you could do a traditional survey and ask a client how they're feeling, what their level of confidence is, or what they're concerned about. If you're meeting with that client a month later, that data is dead. It's old. Mm. It, it just doesn't work. And having and, and the way a, a couple thinks is going to be completely different. Surveys often go to one person, and we're not looking at the comparison within a couple. So the example in this case would be as a client is booking a meeting, As part of that process, they're invited individually or as a couple separately to respond to a set of questions. And those questions are customizable, but it's really about trying to tap into how are they feeling about the future, what's on their mind, what do they want to learn about, and of course, what they want to talk about in that review meeting. All of that data is captured, it's brought together for a couple, and it's it's pushed into an agenda that's, that goes to the client to add value. But most importantly, it co-creates an agenda that is meaningful and will drive the conversation around what's most important to that couple by unearthing new insights on what they really need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I'm sure you've studied quite a lot where those moments of interaction might happen, mm-hmm. where you might garner a little bit of insight on what the client is thinking. Times when you book a meeting, uh, there are other times as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I think the idea is that you're, you're getting away from the kind of the big, huge survey that mm-hmm. drops into an email or PDF or something that gets sent back and, and really picking your shots in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and th- there's still a time for that bigger survey, as I say, to maybe monitor satisfaction. Um, you can mm-hmm. still do it that way. However, yeah, the, the key moments of truth for us um, and where we've started to build out really defined workflows is one is a lead. So the first time a prospective client is visiting a website, They just want to learn more. So, you know, how can we engage them by inviting them to share input, not because they're trying to give the input to the advisor, but because it might help them learn about themselves. 
Next would be that prospect meeting. So they're coming in now for a meeting. So how can we ensure that, that we really understand how they're feeling and thinking to drive a differentiated conversation with the prospect? From there as a new client, as they're being onboarded, right? How are they feeling? What's going right? What could be improved? And then prior to every single review meeting, um, those are the big moments of truth that jump out for us. There are more, but but that's, I think, the fundamental ones. Yeah. And you're asking questions along the lines of, you know, how are you feeling? But also, I mean, uh, some more probing questions as well. Right? Yeah. 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 And I think that's, that's an important point because um, I think we tend to ask questions that are easy, but not that helpful. So I'm sure every advisor would say, when I sit down with my clients, I'm going to ask, how are you feeling about things? To mm -hmm. which we generally respond, I'm fine. Let's carry on. <laughs> like, you know, it's right, just, right. And, sure. and what we've learned is that people struggle with articulating how they're feeling. That's, that's not something we all do particularly well. So as we think about the questions, you're right, they're very much designed to tease out potential issues. So that might be asking a set of questions from which we calculate a confidence index. Mm -hmm. We don't say, are you confident, right? We, we build that index from the responses. It might be understand if we, let's just sort of hone in on that. It, it might be understanding what the confidence index looks like today versus it did the last time they came in. So that change drives insight. And it might be understanding how the couple is aligned on that. So any one of those things is going to drive a better conversation, but we're not expecting the client to identify that. We just want them to answer a few questions and then do that in a way that's clever enough and do the analytics in a way that's clever enough to tease out the insights. Right. And and what kind of insight, insights might be teased out here? I know you mentioned the confidence index, which I thought was really interesting because that's the one that... Uh, uh, the advisor is then given a, a almost a bar chart, right, of a mm -hmm. of client confidence that looks a little bit like a stock chart, right? It's up and down, up <laughs> yeah, and down, it can up be. and down, and can yeah. be like over, overlaid a little bit with uh, you know maybe conversations that the advisor had with them mm -hmm. or decisions that were made or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so confidence is a big one, and and part of the reason for that is in our industry research that we do. First of all, we saw it getting very shaky in 2020 and continuing from there, but but we also saw a really striking correlation between confidence and satisfaction, net promoter, and loyalty. So, you know, in essence, how I'm feeling about my future is going to impact how I feel about our relationship. Mm -hmm. So we know it's an important metric, not only to know how clients are feeling, but it's it's actually has a potential positive or negative knock-on effect for the business. So that's that's definitely a big one. We dig in on concerns, you know, just what's on your mind, what's keeping you up at night, what they're interested in learning about, you know, whether the plan aligns with what's important to them right now. And sometimes it's really just open-ended questions to spark a different kind of conversation. We've got one client, for example, where we're we're just asking about, you know, what's on your bucket list? And that's that's Oh, that's it. And it's just mm -hmm. triggering a different, more engaging and more inspiring conversation. Um, so it changes from one firm to the next. We do uh, tailor and curate the questions based on their objectives. And they're different questions at each stage of the journey. So it's not that, you know, I, from the client's perspective, 
I, anytime I interact with a service provider on, you know, mm-hmm. I get that, you know, would you mind hanging on for no, a little? You know, gosh, no. Not like that at all. Yeah, uh, like this is an uh, unobtrusive, almost uh, inviting and and kind of uh, for the client, interesting way to help them think through. Their- it does. And, and so it's an interesting point because that's what we learned when we first did the pilot on this going back some time was that the and I you know I could say the unintended benefit but, but I don't like to say that because I like to think I knew it all going <laughs> but, but the reality is is that what we were hearing back is that the conversations that couples were having or the conversation in the mind of an individual before they ever walked in the door because of those questions was really powerful, right? They were they were learning about themselves. They were learning about each other. I had a, heard a great example of, of one of our, our clients who had invited a couple to participate and he hadn't seen the spouse for years. They'd been a great client, 20, 25 year client. But the, you know, what we'd call the non-technical spouse, it was the wife in this case, just, you know, didn't Mm -hmm. come in. But because he asked these questions and because it unearthed differences, they came in together for the first time and they actually Mm -hmm. had a a fundamentally different kind of conversation. Interesting. That's great. Yeah, this is, and and it strikes me too that this is uh, something that not all advisors will be able to necessarily make use of this information, right? But many will. And we hear more and more about how the advisor is meant to be the kind of confidant, life coach, mm-hmm. sort of uh, almost quasi psychologist, yeah, counselor to the client. And then on the flip side, we hear how do you do that and maintain a business of mm-hmm. 100 and some clients and do it effectively and efficiently. Those two things seem to be kind of at odds. How do you- they are. And that's, it's an interesting question. It's interesting that you hear that as well, because we often hear that as, you know, I don't want to become the therapist. And I think that's true. I mean, they're not therapists. So let's leave that to the professionals. But I think what, what this kind of process does is make it easier to have more targeted conversations. So rather than relying on innate skill set in teasing out deep issues, which is a big skill set, right? Then wouldn't it be easier if we could walk into a review and actually know what those potential issues are? And then our job is just to lean into those a little. But I do think that all of this comes with the soft skills that I think we need to focus on in this industry broadly, which is you know, how do I get into those conversations comfortably and how do I get out of them comfortably without mm-hmm. overstepping my role as an advisor? Uh, I think we've got a lot to learn. I think there's some people in the industry who are particularly good at teaching those skills. Would you like to suggest some names? <laughs> well, I de- we work with a, a great consultant who's actually based in Australia named Kim Payne. Mm. And um, I think on our team, we've got some some great people now as well who focus on this. But her role in all of this was to help help our clients have better conversations and and help almost break through some of the the mindset barriers around, you know, is it okay to have this conversation or what if 
what if they're unhappy and I have to somehow fix that? You know, it's just yeah. dealing with all of that is, is kind of an interesting challenge. Yeah, for sure. And 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 it is one of those things that advisors always know that they have to do. It's really thrilling to see this put into a kind of formalized real-time tool like this. Mm -hmm. um, that's I, It was a missing piece. And, and, and I don't know that there's anything else quite like it. I would encourage everyone to go take a demo. Um, it's, it's really interesting. And it also strikes me that this is a sort of portal that could have tentacles into many other areas of an advisor's workflow, right? I mean, you're kind of, you're part CRM, you're mm -hmm. part risk profile, you're part, uh, meeting preparation, you're now part performance reporting, and it, it has a lot of different, uh, potential uses in all of these different areas, correct? It, it doesn't, that's a, it's, it's a big point of discussion for us because, you know, where, where do you fit in the tech stack? And what we wanted to ensure is that we weren't trying to duplicate any of those things that exist. So if you took CRM, for example, in my mind, the CRM is the source of truth on things like client contact details. We didn't want to duplicate that. So we're certainly building and looking at a lot of integrations to ensure that we're not causing anyone to choose between this or that. We're just trying to enhance what's already out there. But the workflow piece of it and the efficiency piece has been has been a huge deal. And you're right, you know, we're we're really focused on agenda creation, on triggering tasks, on uh, on uh, you know, uh, just digging into some of those things that other systems do, but they're not doing what we do. So we're we're always looking for ways to play nicely with these systems and just make everybody better. Yeah, so I, I'm confident that there will be iterations of this going forward. Yes, um, but it, it's it's fascinating. Tell me a little bit about the development process because I never knew Julia Julie Little Child <laughs> as a as a tech fintech <laughs> entrepreneur, but uh, but you are. Um, I how am. Long have been how long have you been working on it? Well, we've been working on it conceptually for. <laughs> You know, this has been in my mind for a very long time, and I think there was years of of personal navel gazing and iterations on what the missing piece really was and informed by the research. We started in earnest on the development going back really a couple of years is when we started to to tinker and then in earnest over the last year. So you're absolutely right. And this has been one of the greatest learning opportunities of my, my life because, uh, you know, I think I brought the expertise and I think I brought the experience in what we needed and what we were trying to accomplish. But what that meant was as a business owner, I had to surround myself with deep expertise in other areas. So yeah, we've spent the last year building our leadership team, building our advisory board and making sure that we could, you know, credibly have all the expertise we needed. Yeah. And uh, tell me a little bit about the advisory board that you put together, because there's some there's some good names there. Yeah, we've you know, we've been working with we now have six on our board, uh, most recently added Matt Brinker. We're working with Dave Patchen at Raymond James, Martin Lellis at Mercer. We've got Craig Iskowitz at Ezra. We've got Brian Portnoy at, at Shaping Wealth. And, and so we've got this, you know, we've got this great selection of individuals who all bring. Oh, sorry. And Meg Carpenter. How could I forget mm -hmm. Meg? Um, but but it was it. it if you think about those individuals and you know those individuals, you'll know that they're 
everything was very targeted to bring different types of expertise. And that's what, I mean, in addition to just waking up and feeling humble every day that people are willing, you know, to, to, to work with us and to help us people of that caliber, um, they all bring such different insights and it's been a really powerful part of the process. And now you have the launch and the job of rolling this out to yes. the marketplace. What are your plans there? I mean, obviously, you know, show it as, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, any kind of strategy that you're thinking about to, you know, what kinds of advisory firms might be most open to using something like this or... Yeah, I mean, it's it's built for all. I would say that if we look at the initial pickup, the RIA community has certainly been at the forefront of that, followed by the broker-dealers. Um, there's just additional sort of approvals that need to happen, obviously, with certain firms, so that takes a little longer. Um, but we've we've set some we've set some big goals to to really create more meaningful engagement for a million prospects and clients over the next five years. Mm. Um, so, and ultimately that is the goal is it's driving that level of engagement. That means working with thousands of advisors to do that, but we wanted to keep our goal of engagement really front uh, and center. So we will be, yeah, we're, we're running webinars. We're doing direct outreach. We're working with uh, all of our clients that we've worked with over the years um, in Canada, in the US, UK, and Australia. So there's, uh, there's big plans to, to roll this out. As you've been working on this, I'm sure that you, there've been ideas that have been popping into your head of <clears throat> what is the next, uh, not necessarily the next, you know, iteration of this platform, but maybe the next evolution mm -hmm. in this space. So where I'm most interested, there's obvious stuff like integrations and whatnot. I mean, it's mm. not easy, but it's obvious. Um, mm. But there's a couple of areas that, that we're really leaning into. One is the definition of what a client is. So in a way we're right now we're capturing input from an individual or a couple. Um, but they are a family. Uh, so we're really expanding the idea of who are all the people who would benefit from input, especially to support multi-generational planning. We can lean into the kids and, and families. So um, I think that will be really, uh, really interesting. But in particular, we're like everybody else in the world, <laughs> like very focused on the data analytics and the role, I'll, I'll try to avoid saying AI because I don't think we can get through a conversation without saying it. However, here's how we think about it. Um, the more data we gather on any one individual, the deeper the insights that can be delivered, um, the more we understand their behaviors and the more we're able to tie that back to other data to um, understand how they might behave going forward. So that, that really excites me because it's a reflection of people, right? People aren't a data point in time. They're, they're all of those data points. So we, just like others who are, who are driving innovation, are, are really focused on that idea of what can we learn over time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And scary how some of the uh, more consumer focused service providers that we <laughs> deal with understand our, uh, our, you know, they understand us 
in, in some scary ways. And they do. I get a little freaked out by the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I think what certainly the way we look at it is we're just trying to replicate human relationships and any human relationship. Let's take it away from advisor client. Let's just think about spouses or kids. They grow and build over time and you're able to be more supportive over time the more you learn about them. And in a way, that's that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and and again, I'm mean, going back to that, I think advisor part of it, where I think mm-hmm. some advisors will be more uh, uh, easier to adapt in this way than, than yeah. others. You don't just talk to a client who walks in and say, you know, oh, congratulations on your son graduating from college. Right. I mean, that would be kind of a little bit forward. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe if you know that information, maybe it brings up a moment to ask about. Right. Is your son graduating from college? Yeah. I don't Yeah. So there's, yeah. There's, it's going to make for better conversations for sure. But, but you, you see, I, I guess that, that some advisors are just more oriented in that way. Is that what right. you're thinking? Yes. Yeah. 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 I'd agree. Well, this has been fantastic. Julie, thanks very much for, for bringing it to us. I, I would certainly recommend that everyone go and take a look at it. How can they get in touch with you or how can they get a demo of this? What is the way for them to get in contact? Yeah, I mean, just going to the site at absoluteengagement.com, there's a lot of information there. can certainly book a demo uh, on the page or just uh, hunt around and learn more about the product. And, you know, we do a lot of writing on the blog around, it's not just about the product, right? It's really about experience and engagement and and the investor research. And, and we, as much as we're very focused on this product right now, you know, we try to do as much as we can to support the industry and all of that's available on the site as well. Yeah. And uh, certainly you're out on the conference circuit. You speak a lot. Yep. I think people will have a chance to to meet you in the in the coming year. No Absolutely. Doubt. Absolutely. We're traveling again. Yeah. Back out. This is great. <laughs> Julie, thanks very much. This has been great. Thank you so much. I'm David Armstrong, the Advisor Innovations Podcast. Thanks for listening. Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America has been keeping its promises since 1896 by helping Americans achieve their retirement income and protection goals. As an industry leader in risk management, Allianz has committed dedicated resources and invested in helping independent advisors integrate risk management solutions, including annuities, as part of a comprehensive wealth management practice. For more information, visit www.allianzlife.com backslash RIA.